episode is brought to you by Avo Creative, a creative company that builds brands and people. To learn more, visit the link in the description of this episode. Hey, Young God Gang. <laughs> Young God Gang. That has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Young God Gang. YGG, the official name of the Young God community. I love it for us. If you would like to connect with me and other members of this community, you can join the group via the link in the description of this episode or via any of the links on my social media at I am the Young God on Twitter and at the Young God Pod on Instagram. Do follow, do subscribe. Okay, let's take that again. Hey Young God gang, welcome. In case you missed it, two weeks ago, I held a live podcast event at the Brazilian Embassy. Yeah, levels. It was everything. It was a billion. You just had to be there. The Young God Gang came out. The stage was pretty. My outfit was godly, and my guests brought themselves fully to the moment. We put on a motherfucking show, and it was so good. Check out the IG page at The Young God Pod to see the scenes. And thinking about it, it's become apparent to me that I love the stage, man. There's only one thing I enjoy more than creating this podcast for you every week, and that's performing it live. Standing in front of you, standing on stage, dripped in young God swag, the bright lights beaming, mic in hand, and just talking, riffing, going on about whatever the theme or topic is. What if I was made for the stage? What if I was made for the lights? What if I was chosen to write the stories? Wasn't built to work the line What if I was different? love it so much and I want to do it more and more going forward. I want to do it all over the world, man, from Abuja to the world. You heard it here first. Wherever young gods exist, I want to be there and I want to meet you all. Hell, even non-young gods. I'm trying to turn the biggest skeptics into believers, fam. I'm an equal opportunity host and I just love to put on a show. I'm a showman at heart. I love to entertain, make people feel good, make them think and connect them with one another. And as much as I love to perform, as much as I love to do this thing, it's not just about me. It's about you, the audience. It's about making that time you spend with me absolutely worth it. So much so that at the start of every show, the first thing I do, the very first thing I do is acknowledge and appreciate the fact that you could be anywhere in the world right now, in that moment, but you're here with me. And that means everything. If people pay good money to see you, or maybe it's free, if they take out time from their day to come see you, you gotta make it worth their while from beginning to end. I don't know how Nigerian performers and event organizers don't get this simple idea. The best and biggest performers throughout time have understood this. And that simple thought informs every decision from how the stage is set, the lighting, the sound, the venue, the sitting arrangements, and every other creative decision. The first thing every showman worth their salt asks themselves is, how can I mesmerize, immerse, and captivate the audience? 
how can I create eunoia? That precious and rare feeling of receptivity between themselves and their audience. For me, on, on the podcast, it's easy. I've mastered it. All by myself, I can create that atmosphere. But when it comes to live physical events, it's out of my hand to some degree. It's a team effort. The sound guy, the DJ, the lighting technicians, the venue manager, NEPA, and God knows what else. This is the biggest reason why I don't do more live shows. The effect I want to create, I cannot create alone. I cannot do it on my own. And it costs money. I must depend on other people. And not everyone involved has that same attention to detail and care and love for the audience. You know? I wish more organizers took these things seriously. I wish they had empathy for the audience. I wish they took risks to make things more memorable for them. That's why people prefer to stay at home than go out. Because it's clear that the people who organize events don't really care about them. They care about their money, so they will do the bare minimum to get them out of their houses. But when they get there, the experience leaves a lot to be desired. When was the last time you went to any sort of event and actually felt brand new? Felt like the host, the organizers, took care and attention to craft something special for you? So that's the bone I'm picking in this episode. How can we organize better events? That's the question I'm going to answer or at least try to. I'm not an event planner by any stretch, but as a creator, as an artist, as a brand and marketing strategist, I know all about user experience, customer experience, and audience experience, which, if we're being 100, is the center point of any event. It's not about the brand or the budget or the business. It's about the audience. Know this and know peace. Without further ado, let's get into the art of organizing eventful events. My name is Rodney Amorokache, and you are welcome to The Young God, a podcast for gods. Yep. Stand back, got talk. Watch cost. When people think of events, they don't think of it as an art. Art is the last word that comes to mind. Might be a job, might be a business, but rarely do the planners of events or the attendees themselves think of events as art. And maybe that's the problem. Event planners and event organizers think that they're serving themselves. Event planners think that they're serving the client. No, in reality, you're serving the guests your allegiance, first and foremost, is to the attendees, the audience, whoever is going to enter that space and sit in those seats. Most clients don't know this or think like this. That's fine. But if you're an event planner, you should know this, take this seriously, and educate your client as such. Any brand or marketing strategist worth their salt knows that one of the best ways to attract and connect with customers is through events. But as someone who has attended many events, I can tell you that the event industry is a missed opportunity when it comes to turning audiences into customers. First things first, no one accidentally goes to a conference. No one accidentally finds themselves at a convention or a live podcast event. The people who are there are choosing to be there. They are choosing to pay attention. And yet, the people that organize events squander that attention every day. They squander it with the way they organize the trade show portion of things, especially. They squander it by having the vendors and sponsors compete to yell at people for their attention. 
instead of engaging with people throughout the year, instead of thinking long term, they tend to act like the world is ending tomorrow. They want you to buy now, take action now. So they up the noise level and they up the competition for attention instead of carefully treasuring and treating it like the asset it is. It's counterintuitive. Optimize events for people, not brands and vendors, because people have a choice. Brands and vendors don't. Dear business owner, you have to treat everyone you're interacting with as a treasured guest, as somebody who has many choices and in this moment has chosen to trust you with their attention. Attention is the purest form of generosity. Don't squander that attention to make short-term numbers go up. Treat that attention like an egg, like the privilege that it is, and you will reap the long-term benefits. Then there's the numbers game. In the event world, hosts often look at attendance numbers as a measure of success. I want to challenge that paradigm. Organizations that focus on numbers rarely create breakthroughs, merely better numbers. Think about it. If you get more and more people to come to your event, those people by definition become more average, less fascinated, less interested, less important. Like a big old Nigerian wedding. You know what I mean? You know what that's like? You can probably make the gross numbers go up, but you can't make the importance of what you're doing go up. What we need from people who are creating these events is quality, not quantity. Quantity can now be bought even cheaper online. The scarce quality of the right people in the right place for the right reason, that is what an event with the best intentions can deliver. That's the North Star. That's what my live podcast events deliver more than anything. I mean, think about it. Apart from whatever the headline act is, people go to events to connect with other people. As the event organizer, your job is to create the environment for meaningful interactions to happen. Set up your attendees to succeed in creating connections and they will connect that premium positive feeling to your brand forever. This has been the secret sauce to the high quality feedback I get from my events. My podcast attracts a quality audience and I simply create the avenue for them to connect with each other in a physical space. It's priceless. And they immediately associate that feeling with the young god and will be the first to purchase tickets in the future or buy merch or listen to future episodes. That's brand and marketing intertwining for a multiply effect. You taking notes? You better be. Because there's more where that came from. There's more gems to be unearthed today. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll share with you a recent obsession of mine. Right? If you, go, if you go to an event like a wedding or a concert and you see they have set up the room with those large round tables and they are about to serve a banquet that is designed to feed a large number of people in a short period of time, you have just seen failure in event organization. They have tried to industrialize the process and get it over with. No one ever creates a human interaction at a table for 10. No one ever meets a stranger and starts a meaningful relationship in that sort of setting. Emphasis on meaningful. Maybe that's speaking too generally, but you know what I mean. When we start processing people instead of connecting people, we are sacrificing our biggest assets, which is this ability to make chemistry and magic happen. When was the last time you went to a really fun wedding as a guest? Not as a member of the bridal train, not as a member of the family. Serious question, when? I'm not talking about the after party. I mean a fun, engaging wedding where everything from the people, the guests, the decor, the drinks, the MC, the music and activities was on point. 
Let me rephrase that question. Let me rephrase it, okay? When was the last time you went to a wedding with food not being the main thing on your mind? Oh yeah, I went there. If we're being honest, truly good wedding experiences are rare these days. To be fair, to be fair, inflation doesn't help. I mean, it costs money to get the best vendors and equipment and execute on good ideas. So people just settle. They want to get it over with. They don't bother as much about the details. Then there's the poor planning from top to bottom. And then there's the fact that there is no innovation or risk taking. Everyone does the same thing. And so you can't help but have the feeling that once you've gone to one wedding, you've gone to them all. <laughs> Let me say that again. Once you've gone to one Nigerian wedding, you've gone to them all. All of this happens because event organizers and planners and the people who hire them don't think about the audience enough. No empathy. It's all focused on what the bride or the families want. The bride wants something centered around her tastes and the family wants the entire village represented. And as a result, the entire thing is just uninspiring, predictable and chaotic. So the average wedding guest is only concerned about eating rice and collecting souvenir. It's just another thing to do, one they will forget the moment they leave the venue. So, I challenge event planners and organizers to think of their audience's experience a bit more and find innovative ways to entertain and serve them, to raise the stakes, to raise the experience and the importance of things. Fam, we need to make events great again. At this point, you might be asking yourself, how do we create that magical, intimate environment? I'm glad you asked. You see, a sense of intimacy is created by the way things are arranged and the risks the organizer takes. The challenge is that organizing an event like that feels risky. Your boss isn't going to applaud you. Your team may push back. Heck, the budget might not even allow when you start going down that road. But that is where things get interesting. And gosh, the thing you absolutely want to do is make things interesting for your audience. I think I speak for everyone when I say, once you've been to one event, you've been to them all. The same lighting, the same decor, the same sitting arrangement, the same speakers, the same theme and topics, and the same cringe MC. The same souvenirs, the same patient ways for food to be served so you can bounce and go to where you actually want to be. Is it just me? <laughs> Certainly not. And because I know what the average attendee is thinking and feeling, I try to think of simple ways to up the ante when I organize my own events. First of all, the very idea of a live podcast event is novel as fuck. So that is one box ticked. After that, it's like, how can I make my next event better than the last one? How can I make things different? How can I take things up a notch? How can I reward this person for coming to spend time with me? How can I curate an experience that keeps them rooted in place for that moment in time, oblivious to the world outside? And that has made all the difference. I remember seeing the newest Spider-Man movie a couple of months ago when it came out, Across the Spider-Verse. Epic, awesome movie. And for two hours, 20 minutes, I forgot everything else in my life. It was a spectacular audiovisual masterpiece and it gave me feelings I hadn't felt in a long time. I needed that. And because I knew what that meant to me, what that felt like, I think to myself, how can I replicate that feeling? How can I replicate that feeling on my podcast, at my events? That simple act of empathy changes everything. It gives the entire team extra vim. Once they see the vision, everybody plays their part to bring it to life. 
at the end of the day, that sort of attention and care makes all the difference with regards to how the brand is perceived and talked about. It's a different game, fam. Social media is a different beast, though. What Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter have taught us is that we crave connection. Ultimately, online connection is a very sad substitute for the real kind. We'll take it if it's our only choice, but what we really want, what we really need, are those life-changing interactions that we remember and that we can attach to the products we buy and the brands we support. An audience-focused event is one of the most foolproof ways to achieve this. And that's on... Bust my brain! Bust my fucking brain! And now, a quick message from our sponsor, Able Creative. Able Creative is an Abuja-based creative agency that builds brands and people. It is owned by yours truly. We have a very particular set of skills, skills acquired over a very long career, skills that make us a blessing for entrepreneurs, brands, and businesses. If you need creativity coaching, consultation, communication, and creative direction, we are looking for you and we will find you and we will be the creative right hand you need to be brilliant. You can learn more about what we do, what we've done and who we've done it for via our website. There's a link in the description of this episode or you can contact me directly for a free consultation. At this point, I'm going to share a true story to really back up everything I've been saying thus far. A client who found me through this podcast brought me on board to look at their their space, their lounge, their brand, and see what they could do to attract attention and popularity and, you know, do something special in the city. That was early this year, around the election period, a time when people, particularly obedience, were really down about the way the elections had panned out. If you remember, Around that time, the country was really somber. It was like we're in mourning. There was a dark cloud hovering. And so I had the brilliant idea where instead of happy hour, they go the opposite direction and try a sad session, sort of like a sad hour, with even cheaper drinks, a well-curated playlist of sad songs that enter the heart and soul, and you're allowed to have a good cry. My thinking is that happy hour is common, too common, in fact. It's the lowest of low-hanging fruits when it comes to attracting customers at a bar or a lounge or a club or whatever. Speaking of customers, right? When was the last time anybody was excited, actually excited about happy hour? Especially in this part of the world, Abuja. It's going to take more than a 15 to 20% discount for most drinkers to leave their houses. And in this economy, happy hour prices aren't so happy. But a sad session with a 50% discount on the least ordered cocktails on the menu would absolutely kill. I even suggested creating a special full-price cocktail called Panic Attack in Paradise, just for sad sessions. I'm good at this thing, yo. But guess what? Guess what? Guess what? They rejected it. Their concern was, why would someone want to marinate in their sadness? And I'm like, It's not so much about marinating in your sadness, but creating a good time out of a sad situation. Being an oasis in the desert of sadness and and gloom and doom and whatever is the fact that we are creating an opportunity for a different kind of audience to come out for a different reason 
and congregate around their woes. Because, you know, misery loves company. All of that is happening while listening to popular, popping, relatable, sad music over super cheap drinks. Besides, all of this is scientifically proven to be therapeutic, even if it's in the short term. You don't even have to be sad to attend because it's still a good time at the end of the day. The idea was that at some point during the evening, the mood will lift and the DJ can play the usual jams that bring the energy. It would be a unique vibe never tried before. They even had the perfect space for it, but they lacked the imagination to see the vision. Instead, they opted for yet another safe karaoke night, competing with 20 other karaoke places in the city. And that's how it is, that's how it goes. The people who organize events, who run these places, who have the, the, the opportunity to say so, to do something special, to do something special rather, just simply disregard the needs and feelings of the people and the times in favor of less important things. And it hurts them in the long run. As I said, the problem, the problem is not good ideas. It's the balls and risk to try something that there is no data on, that we haven't seen, that there's no evidence. So I need someone to try this out so we can all see how it goes. Or better still, bring me on to help execute it. Either way, the culture needs this. And this is the point I'm trying to make. And by the way, you can follow the podcast on social media. Twitter, at I am the Young God. Instagram, at the Young God Pod. I regularly post exclusive content and updates on events, all kinds of things. You don't want to miss that, so please follow. I'm in the experience business. I'm in the audience experience business. I have to render an experienced audience to capture their attention. I have to aim at their heart, then their mind, then their wallet. So I literally have to figure out a way to engage them. The engagement of the audience is the success in our businesses. We render experiences to an audience. That's our job. You know, whether it's music, movies, television, documentaries, we're rendering an experience. And that's the business you're in. And that's the business I'm in. We like, you know, we like that engagement with our audiences. We like people to say, no, I don't agree with you. And this is the reason why. You go, oh, that's not a bad idea. So that's what you have to cope with. As a final thought to consider, I would like to encourage marketers and event organizers and event planners to embrace creativity and to view themselves as artists. One of the things you see in the event industry, as well as any industry, is that there is a pressure to play it safe, to point to the industry standard, to do it the way other people do it. Because the alternative is to stand up straight and say, this might not work. And for understandable reasons, people don't want to do that. If they feel insecure about their job or if they work with someone who is risk averse, saying this might not work is frightening. But my argument is that the only conferences, concerts, events that are actually worth going to, that are interesting enough to take my time, are those where something is happening that might not work. And I think when we do that, we are doing something new and important. We are doing art. We become artists. For example, I'm tired of going to events where the souvenir is a notebook that I don't need and will never write in. Straight up. Every single time I'm like, surprise me. Give me an actual book I can read or a board game or a five by six print. Give me a pack of condoms for crying out loud. Yeah, 
at least I'll actually use them or give them to someone who needs them. And guess what? I'll think of your brand while using them. It's brilliant, actually. Damn, that's brilliant, though. <laughs> I might try that someday, actually. Condoms in your goodie bag? That's a nice ring to it. Hmm. Okay, okay. Point is, the point is, literally anything is better than yet another journal and pen. I have so many journals I will never write in, pens I will never write with. I always advise my clients to be a bit more thoughtful and creative about their merch and branded materials so that they can create new experiences for their audience. The point is to be memorable, to be a memorable brand, not merely to fulfill all righteousness. Another thing I say to my clients is, instead of a map, look for a compass. A map shows you step by step exactly what's happening or what's happened before. The problem is, you can't use a map when you're making art because no one has been there before. But what you can do is use a compass. A compass gives you the sense of true north, what your true or real intent is. When people leave your conference three weeks after it's over and someone asks, what was the conference like? What will they say? Most of the conferences I attend feel like they're hoping people will say, nothing went wrong, it went well, it was all right. I think we can do better than that. I really do. I've been around long enough to know that the people who head most of these events are generous and talented and creative. This isn't the challenge of we don't have the resources or the ideas, nor is it the challenge of we don't have the talent. It's that nobody in the room is bold enough to pitch or try the risky uncommon idea. They lack imagination, vision and balls. But I'm encouraging people to listen to their inner voice and find the guts to do the stuff they already know is the right thing to do. That's the reason they got into this business in the first place, isn't it? To make people feel good, to give them a show. That bar, that bar. Fam, I challenge you to make good on that promise. Let's take a moment to pause and breathe. Relieve the tension. Whatever you're doing, close your eyes, take a deep breath in through the nose out through the mouth one more time in through the nose out through the mouth let's resume this episode is wild cause I never saw this in my future where I'd have anything to say about events or even care enough to dedicate an entire episode to events. But clearly, I practice what I preach because this is a risk. A, a, this is my dedication to going to places no one has ever gone, to expand my range. And if you're an event planner, if you're listening to this, I want you to know that I get it, right? As someone who has tried to organize events, who has organized multiple in the past, I've done my, maybe six or seven or eight live podcast events, I understand the challenge of throwing a good event, the details, logistics, the, the unforeseen circumstances, the unreasonable clients that make your job harder than it already is. I get it. I'm just drawing your attention to something that is easy to miss, to disregard, and something that I happen to be passionate about, and that is the audience and the art of event organization, the artistry of it. I would like you to put your foot down more. Educate the client, do your best to carry them along and force them to push the boundaries, force them out of their comfort zone. And I think any future event goer will, will, will appreciate this. I cannot wait 
to see you on my next show. You will see all that I have said in action, I promise. I will put on a motherfucking show, a work of art, something you will not soon forget, something worth the price of admission. Oh my god, I cannot wait. Watch this space. At the very least, I will try to. You know, these things are a process, especially when you don't do this full time. I'm not a master of the stage by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm willing to try, to experiment, to elevate the consciousness, because as I said in an earlier episode, the beauty is in the attempt. But with every event I host, I can feel myself getting closer and closer to this ideal. <laughs> nah, for real, fam, my events are an event. And that is that on that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any thoughts, feedback, a different perspective, I'm all ears. Feel free to slide in my DM at I am the Young God on Twitter and the Young God Pod on IG. I look forward to hearing from you, exchanging ideas with you, and so much more. Please share, subscribe, and leave a review. And I will see you on the next episode, which drops every Friday at noon. And this is the Young God. It's got talk. It's got talk. Let God talk. It brings some excitement.